0: Welcome to the Fighting on Film podcast, the podcast all about classic and obscure war movies, from the Normandy landings to the days of chivalry and swords. If it's been captured on film, we're going to try and cover it. I'm Robbie of RM Military History. I'm Matthew Moss
1: of Historical Firearms and the Armourers Bench.
0: Hello, welcome back to Fighting on Film. Um, If you remember from last week, Matt was at Bisley, for the uh, Vickers machine gun shoot for the 100th anniversary of the disbandment of the MGC. Matt, how did
1: it go? It was great. It was more than you could imagine. It was it was incredible. 16 Vickers guns firing 16,000 rounds. Um, Mad. In various different uh, fire serials. It was just incredible. Um, we had a massive crowd as well. At least, I reckon, at least 500 people turned out. Yeah, it looked, it looked huge
0: on the live stream that I saw. Yeah. That.
1: I knew it was going to be something special because we'd been preparing for it for so long, mm. but when it when it came off it was just unreal it, it was it was a joy to be part of it was a really um really exciting thing to do, yeah. but it was also quite poignant commemorating the machine gun Corps. Mm. yeah
0: it was only obviously only hundred years and he comes around hundred years isn't it yeah so its um, and the last time that many vickers guns had been in action
1: together was in like 20 years ago.
0: Well, yeah, true. You know, in, in anger, probably what career? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, probably. Would, it's, would, it's incredible. It's British service, anyway.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, if you miss that, you can catch uh, the live stream again on uh, on the Vickers MG channel. You'll find that on um, on our Twitter, or you can find it on YouTube as well. Um, yeah, and just a reminder again: uh, me and Matt are going to be at the NAM, uh, the National Army Museum, uh, at the in the middle of July for another event commemorating the hundredth uh, the anniversary there.
1: Yeah, on the 16th, um, I'll be giving a talk on indirect fire uh, with the Vickers, which is one of its party tricks. And mm. Rob's going to be doing, uh, well, he's going to be loitering around while I believe some of his films about the Vickers um, and the MGC are played.
0: You can just press play on a button and walk off <laughs> <It's getting> on, <laughs> on a loop. If you're in London on the 16th of July and you're at a loose end, 10 till 4 at the National Army Museum. It's free to get in, by the way. So It is, totally free. free. Not only can you, you know, get some get a free talk on indirect fire from the Armour's bench, Matthew Moss. You can also look round the museum. So, you know, I can't think of a better day out, really.
1: Yeah, there's going to be about twenty stands with um, with guns um, people in uh, contemporary uniforms, um, experts, talks throughout the day. It's going to be really great. It's going to be fantastic.
0: But you didn't come here to listen to us prattle on about vickers guns you came here to listen to... not until
1: we do the vickers guns in in uh, I- exactly in yeah
0: and that that's the prattle on about vickers guns episode coming soon but you came here to probably listen to our thoughts on 1990s navy seals so matt i think you've got production
1: this week i have indeed so it's an interesting one originally the screenplay was uh, was written by uh chuck Farah, who is uh, a former Navy SEAL himself, uh, he was mm. in SEAL Team Four and Six throughout the 1980s. And when he got out of the um, of the military, he he began writing. He'd written a little bit while he was still a SEAL, I believe. Um, and he wrote this screenplay and shopped it around a little bit. And it was picked up by producer uh, Brenda Feigen, Uh and she originally wanted Ridley Scott to direct. Oh, okay.
0: Yeah. um, So, because his brother's just on Top Gun, why not
1: get Ridley in to do... Yeah, yeah, Tony. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay. Um, But they eventually they hired uh, Richard Marquand, who is probably best known for uh, Return of the Jedi. Let's face it. Yeah. Um, But sadly, he died of a stroke during Mm. pre-production. So Lewis Teague was brought in, and... Teague had worked as second unit director on um, Sam Fuller's The Big Red One. Uh, He directed uh, the Michael Douglas movie, Jewel of the Nile, which is like an adventure movie, Mm -hmm. um, in 85. Uh, Collision Course in 89, which was a cop movie with Jay Leno and uh, Pat Morita. What um, what a weird one that, that, that yeah that that's quite a combo, isn't it? Um that's the most 90s thing I've ever heard. Jay Leno in know movie yeah. <laughs> in a in a buddy cop movie. At um, least I wasn't a, alive. Apparently. Well I was, but I didn't see it. Um <laughs> That's probably a fetus appar- Apparently that a, a Japanese um turbocharger is stolen. Um <laughs> And, that sounds uh, lot like
0: better than the plot of this one
1: <laughs> i know and pat marita comes over as a japanese police officer to investigate and is partnered up with jay leno
0: okay that does sound fun
1: <laughs> it, it, it's a weird premise but you know who knows um so eventually it, it was picked up and as i said uh, lewis teague was brought on to direct um it was also produced by Ben and Williams, who had been production manager on Battle of Britain, no less. Oh, wow. Okay. That's a nice link, isn't it? Pedigree. Uh, and he was a, uh, an assistant director on Cartoon as well, John mm. Heston. Um, cinematography was was done by John A. Alonso, uh, who worked on uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind in 1977, Scarface in 1983, and did a TV adaptation of Failsafe in 2002.
0: I think, the, you know, I, I think it's the action sequences are very well shot in this. I don't, there's nothing to really complain yeah, about in that. Yeah. I
1: it's it's tight and tidy, isn't it? It's, mm. it, it works. It yeah. um, gets the job done. It does. film was released in July, 1990, and it was kind of positioned as a, as a summer blockbuster. As I mentioned, Chuck Farah originally wrote the script, but there was some revisions done throughout the movie. Actually, um, Gary Goldman of Big Trouble in Little China from 1986 and, total recall thing. classics across the board I right. this one yeah he was brought in to do some rewrites so he eventually got a co-credit with farah and there's all kinds of unusual things i came across when i was reading about mm. the, the writing of this movie so according to the afi um, the, the american film institute one version of the script included aliens and michael bean's character um, has to set out to destroy them with a nuclear weapon Oh, my God. How The truth to that, I don't know, because the AFI didn't give a source. No. Um,
0: Is that just to capture his fame from aliens, then?
1: Well, that's kind of like the Independence Day. Yeah. Really, isn't it? Yeah, it would have been. Precursor. Um, But, yeah, super weird. Um, Navy SEALs in space. (laughs) (laughs) But Farrah... um, he, he also acted as the technical advisor on the film, as you'd expect, being a mm-hmm. former seal. And he apparently brought on um, some seal, former seal colleagues as well to to be advisors yeah. individually to members of the the seal team cast. Mm-hmm. And they trained to do um, lots of the you know stunt work, some of the minor stunt work with the, with the actual actors themselves, and then also taught them how to weapons handle and move and and do that kind of stuff, which is really important for yeah making it look believable. Yeah, I think, they, I think they all. they act like a, a competent team. They don't look all cool. Doing it. There's some cool '90s weapons handling going on hmm. in this film. There's a little bit where Charlie Sheen hits someone with the muzzle of an MP5SD and shoots him at the same time. Pretty cool. Bit there's a, a lot, lot of point moment,
0: shooting going on as well. I always like seeing all that all point films. shooting. Yeah, like, yeah. It's good. Like,
1: yeah. N- um, never
0: use the stock on an MP5, lads. <laughs> no, it's <laughs> like, you it's like you a blaster from Star stock. Wars. Yeah. Yeah.
1: One of the other producers on the film, Ben Williams, explained, "A lot more than stunt work was involved. However, each actor had a seal double to whom he could turn to help in weapons handling and/or perfecting seal techniques. They were on the spot, source of vital research to make the movie much more like the real thing as possible." It's
0: amazing that you know that the film crew managed to get um, all the seals to look like you know the actors because famously they've got like flippers and things. So I just couldn't, so I couldn't resist. <laughs> moving swiftly on the gaffer tape like mp5s to their to the flippers oh god it was just it was low hanging fruit do, do do apologize
1: you should apologize that was terrible who 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 could guess that you are in fact a dad um so the film was was partly shot in spain um with Cartagena, um Standing in for Beirut, uh, Cadiz, and Almeria were also used as uh, doubles for locations in the Middle East. Yep. Uh, some submarines, warships, helicopters, and planes in the film. A lot of them actually apparently belonged to the Spanish Army and Air Force. Mm, uh, I heard that too. Because apparently there was some disagreement with the, the U.S. Navy, which originally gave the film a little bit of uh, assistance and allowed them to film on uh, at Norfolk uh, Naval Base in uh, mm-hmm. Virginia. Um, and then apparently at some point there was a souring of the relationship and then production kind of moved to Spain and they did a lot of work with the Spanish yeah. military. They must have read that alien script and gone, no. Yeah, I don't know. It, it kind of reminded me of Who Dares Wins in, yeah, in that respect, bit. yeah, um, where where the, the actual military read the script and go, okay, we, we need to fix this maybe that maybe that was it who knows um, maybe yeah but additionally i couldn't find out why the production and the relationship with the military soured mm. so i'm not entirely sure why why that was necessary
0: seemed like a tough but, shoot for a
1: lot of them didn't it like yeah yeah mm. it, it, but that about rounds it up for uh for production this week i mean Mm. i can't wait to hear about cast because it's an interesting one i know and i know just before we move on to
0: cast there i know i know the film flopped a bit didn't it and he made like 25 million off of 20
1: million with a budget of 21
0: yeah. thereabouts
1: it was a little bit over budget apparently and then it mm. it just didn't it just seemed to fail to launch um, it's a weird
0: one isn't it it's sort of it's got all the if it, i see i'll say my final thoughts but if it comes out in like the mid 80s
1: surely this is like a a moneymaker surely it's like top gun-esque well, it, it's, it's exactly yeah. it, it's it's like the most 90s action movie you can imagine mm,
0: um yeah like i read one but, of the one of the reviews i didn't use it says it's it's like um the dirty dozen but like for the 90s or something like that's what it okay.
1: yeah. gets well, like interesting
0: sort
1: of, mm. i mean when you look at it, it's 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 almost like it's the Navy trying to use that winning formula from Top Gun again, but yeah. with another element of the Navy. It's Navy one SEALs. One
0: of our listeners was saying the opening
1: is just really reminiscent of Top Gun with the whole aerial shots. There, it really is reminiscent of it. Yeah, and you've got that dynamic within the team. There's a little bit of friction. Mm. There's a you know the frenemies almost. Yeah, that's it. Are the cool signs as character well? and and Sheen's character. Um, but yeah, it just doesn't seem to have, have blown up like Top Gun did. No,
0: didn't capture people's imagination at the time, which is weird. Because if you look at the cast, I mean, the cast is is, is stacked, really, if you think about yeah. it. So moving into cast now, we've got Charlie Sheen as a Lieutenant Dale Hawkins. Uh, he's the second in command of the of the SEAL team. And obviously he's son of Martin Sheen. He had one of his early roles was an uncredited extra in Apocalypse Now he was in Red Dawn, Platoon, Hot Shots series, um, Young Guns, shot to even more stardom when he um, was in Two and a Half Men until he had that very unfortunate fall from grace that we all remember with the tiger blood and all that sort of thing. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. that was very, you couldn't avoid that in like, was it like 2010, something like that?
1: Yeah, that, that, that kind of blew up, didn't it? It was crazy. Yeah, it was. I can't even um, remember the full details of that, to be honest. Oh, but, I think yeah, it was I, like drugs, it was the, divorce, something going yeah, on. The ti- yeah, the the Tiger Blood thing was. Tiger was Blood. Huge.
0: I remember that. Yeah, but you know, you can't deny he is uh, one of the powerhouses of eighties, early nineties cinema. He seems to be everywhere. Like, him. yeah, 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 he's great in it. He, I I don't think I've seen a Shane film where I haven't enjoyed watching him. Something about his sort of the charisma. That's what I think he's got.
1: Yeah, although there's there's some plot points with his character which are a bit unusual. Oh, they're a bit weird. Yeah. yeah but it, yeah. yeah, we'll get into cool. it. He's doing great with what he's given, I think.
0: Oh, I think so. And I know that him and him and BN, um, they, they rewrote a lot of their scenes to make more sense mm. Um, on, yeah.
1: on, on set. Apparently so.
0: Mentioning uh, Michael BN there, he plays a uh, Lieutenant James Curran. He's the uh, commander of the SEAL team. And obviously we know him as Kyle Reese from the Terminator in 1984. He played mm-hmm. Corporal Hicks in aliens. He was in Tombstone alongside Bill Paxton. who was also in this movie. And he also played a Navy SEAL commander in 1996's *The Rock*. He did, yeah, yeah. He's good in that one. This has an MP5 in both. Um, But then, more recently, he played Lang in *Mandalorian*. He did, yeah, yeah. Mm, Really good, quite enjoyed. Mm. Yeah. Then we have Joanne uh, Wally Kilmer. At the time, she was married to Val Kilmer. And she plays Claire Varens, a journalist, and she was BAFTA nominated for her role as Emma Craven in the BBC drama Edge of Darkness um, with Bob Peck, if you remember him from Ungentlemanly Act. And she was also probably one of her most known roles was Sorsha in Willow. She's reprised the role um, in the Disney Plus series of it. Then we have Rick Rossovich as James Leary, and he's a corman. Uh, he was in Terminator, and he played Matt. So do you remember in the film where... Um, this guy's seducing his girlfriend on the phone, but it's not the girlfriend, it's Sarah Connor. Do you remember that bit? No. Okay, well, he's that guy who then the Terminator comes in and shoots. Okay. So that seeming okay. Terminator. So it's another Terminator reference. And then he was slider in Top Gun. Yes. So there's your Top Gun reference. And then he was in a TV show called Pacific Blue. Like, I don't know, I've never seen it.
1: I've never seen it either, but, <laughs> I don't but know. okay.
0: Yeah, apparently he was quite big in that. Then we've got Cyril O'Reilly as HT1. Uh, Homer Rexer, he's the explosives guy. Um, one of his first credits is a small rolling airplane. And then he appeared in an episode of MASH. And he was Tim in the Porky's films. They're the biggest credits I could find. Right. Uh, then we have Bill Paxton. As
1: What's he been M- in?
0: Well, yeah. What's he not been <laughs> in? MM2. Uh, he plays Floyd Goddane. God is his uh, his call sign. He's the sniper. And the late actor, fortunately, died a few years ago. Um, but he's probably best known for being aliens in Hudson. He was one of the punks in Terminator. So there's a massive Terminator vibes all through this movie um, with the cast. Uh, Then he was in Tombstone alongside the N and he was also in Commando. He was in U-571, Titanic, Apollo 13, and he was Emmy Award uh, nominated and won uh, for his work on the Hatfield and McCoy series uh, where he played Randolph McCoy and he directed the golf sequence in the movie, in this movie. Did he really? Wow. He's a second unit okay. director. And the That's next cool. actor that I'll talk about, uh, Dennis Haysbert, who plays Billy Chief um, in the movie, mm. he's wearing a top that says Martini Ranch on it. Right. Now, Martini Ranch is Bill Paxton's band in the 80s. <laughs> and James Cameron directed a video for <laughs> for them. So there's loads of references all the way through this. Like there's no references directly to like Terminator on that. But I think there's just such an interesting connection with all these actors that they've all been in each other's movies at some point, it would seem. Um, so, yeah. So Dennis Haysbert, he was he played Pedro Serrano in the Major League franchise. I don't know if you've seen those movies, Matt.
1: No, I haven't. No. no,
0: they're like baseball films, uh, but Charlie Sheen oh, was the sorry. main star in those, so it's interesting that they have another crossover there. Ah, okay, um, they're good mm. films actually. They're like sort of a sort of like a like a sports comedy. They're quite good actually. Mm. Um, and then he was a he played the major in Jarhead, um, and then he was Don Brendan in 1995's Heat um, with, Michael, with mm. Michael Mann, and then he's probably perhaps better known for his TV work as David Palmer in 24. Um, and he was Sergeant Major Jonas Blaine in The Unit. All right, okay. Big, big big. The Unit's another there. SEAL
1: um, series, think it isn't was, it? it was, yeah. It's like a yeah, like
0: conversion of like Ultimate Force, almost.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'd say that. I think so.
0: And then rounding it out, because the cast is, it's got more people in it, but they just don't have enough to talk about, really. So they don't have enough screen time to merit talking yeah. about. Yeah. So there's one more guy here, and it's Nicholas Caddy, and he plays... Ben Saheed, and he's the the big baddie in the film, and he's an mm. Iraqi American actor. Uh, and Navy SEALs is probably his biggest film credit, but he's appeared in many well-known TV series such as Twenty Four, Jag, L.A. Law, and Murder She Wrote. Murder
1: no, She Wrote, wow, great, yeah, some good, some really good credits there. I think uh, it's, it's... actually had a ca- uh, cameo in the film as well, apparently. Oh, did really? he? Um, Who's he meant to be. In, he's a a navy officer in the debrief scene after the ah, okay. first mission. We see the the, the team go on. It's a great little scene, that actually. I like that scene. Yeah, with the montage um, of the de- of them of them debriefing off various different aspects of the mission. It's quite quite well done.
0: It's good, but I think the cast is really really good. Like I don't time has sort of proven how cult these actors have become. Um, yeah, I wouldn't say the cast is the is the uh, the issue here. The issue with this film no, at it's all, though. No, yeah. Not at all. So the retro review this week comes from Variety from 1989. They must have seen a preview in December of that year. And I'll just, there's a summary at the top, and I'll just read that for us. Nifty performances make this routine action flick better than it probably has a right to be, playing to the Rambo mentality by focusing on an elite naval attack group kicking tail around the globe. The film won't be a favourite of peaceniks or any Arab anti-defamation leagues, though kicking tail wow Kicking tail, how how 80s i've, 90s I, do you want I've to get?
1: not heard the phrase kicking tail in a in a review before on the show so that's oh, special
0: know. It's, you know it's using any more like 80s slang like you know let, let's split or let's book you know I mean? i'm surprised they have written <laughs> that in there i think it's a fair fair sort of fair assessment there
1: yeah well it, it kind of identifies that the cast is not the weak point of this movie no it's not I'll, is it? I'll talk more about it later on but i can't really pinpoint mm. what the actual issue with this film is and why it doesn't quite work as well as it could or should yeah one one review
0: that i read as well said that because it's at the end of the cold war
1: because the russians aren't the bad guys anymore it's like a, it's a different yeah. feeling there's a different feel a ability. lot of a lot of movies in that early 90s period did have that trouble i mean they, they just didn't know who they could use as the, the antagonist anymore. You know, the big bad.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, we'll get into that, actually. We'll leave that there and we'll get into that. But as always, we asked for your one word reviews and we got a, another bumper haul. I think we're like 20, 20 or 30 comments now, uh, even though we put it out quite late. But do get involved on Twitter at
1: Fighting on Film.
0: Yeah, do get involved whenever you see them. So we just have a few here. Jingo Strange says, golf. It's an iconic golf sequence there. When I think Navy SEALs, I think golf. Um, <laughs> Neil Rodder said, wedding. That's another <laughs> weird thing this movie has. There's a whole yep. fucking wedding yep. in it. Yep. <laughs> Mr. C1966 says, American in massive capital letters. I think... Don't Fitting you know, as me? it was
1: just 4th of July, but yeah.
0: Yeah, very, very. Uh, Christian Rule says, God. It's one of the best characters mm-hmm. in it. Uh James Rowley says MP5SD. I
1: mean, yeah. Uh, yeah, we'll talk more about that later. Yep.
0: Yeah. And then David I'm Patterson. Sure. <laughs> David Patterson came in with one. And it's not it's not a strictly a one-word review, but I uh, I did like it. He said Gel Team Six.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All the
0: <this laughs> slick back hair in the movie is very good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh I like that. But then we had some good ones. I think mean, there was other general consensus on some- People thought
1: the film was a bit meh, a bit crap. Um, you know, but- it, it was better than I remembered. I'll mm. put it that way. Because I haven't seen this film in quite a while. I remember watching it as a kid. I'd seen it on TV years and years ago as a kid. Like, I'd stayed up late, watched it on Channel 5 or something. And, you know, I, I liked it. But it was just... We'll talk more about this later. But that middle yeah. seat, that middle part of the Ooh. film...
0: <laughs> um, oh boy! There's,
1: there's, a, yeah. there's a lull, isn't it? It's a big lull. Um, yeah.
0: Um, but no, I think it's one of those movies I'd always seen the poster, but I'd never watched it. It's one of those sort of ones. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So I think the alley tally's going to probably take up some time. So I know Matt's got some axes to grind this week. So maybe we should get into it.
1: It's time for Ali Tally on fighting on film.
0: Matt, I know you've been you've been chewing at your microphone um, sponge thing. What's that called? A pop shield? You've been chewing at your microphone's pop shield, trying to uh, restrain yourself about the Barrett in this movie. So, as our
1: resident firearms expert, why don't you? Uh, you know, the floor is yours yeah well god bill paxton i mean first let's just throw out a salute to bill paxton's tash um oh because I mean, it you is... can't see fair listener but
0: but uh you know if as, as if it was you know if if the gods
1: wanted it, i'm embodying a... i'm embodying god right now <laughs> not a literally powerful tash bill paxton's <laughs> character not yeah um for legal reasons matthew moss is not god <laughs> <laughs> definitely not um, but yes, I do. I have a, I have a magnificent a World War One period correct moustache, <laughs> yes. which again came into fashion apparently with Bill Paxton in 1990. <laughs> you uh, You and I both know you, especially having done a, a series of excellent tweets on military uh, moustaches. Uh, oh yeah, about a year that, ago, now. November.
0: Yeah, but two years yeah. ago
1: now, from November I think. Yeah. Um, there is a fine tradition of, of military moustaches and you know bill paxton is really holding it up on in in, in this film oh, yeah yeah but anyway let's get back to the matter at hand and that barrett um it's a barrett m82a1 uh so it's i think this is before it actually got adopted as the m107 in u.s service so okay you know it, it it's um it's the seals getting the cool kit first which they yep. do well known for it um so there's a there's a great sequence where it's a, a night operation it's the first time we're, we see them on an operation Mm-hmm. um and god bill paxton's character is is providing overwatch and he's the team's sniper um and the barrett is has a classic movie gun reputation at this point i think in it's yeah in hollywood cinema and it's laughably overpowered <laughs> <laughs> yeah but that's what people expect don't they it's it's portrayed as being this Incendiary cannon that blows walls apart. It's so, so cool, though,
0: isn't it? It's
1: it is cool, it is cool, it is cool because you know they they need they need um a position to be yeah. uh, knocked out because they're pinned down by fire from above. And, and Bill Paxton's character um takes a look at them through his what looks like a starlight scope. Um, yeah, that's
0: what it is, yeah, like an early it looks a little bit, one.
1: It, it's it's I don't know. It's a little bit different to like the the Vietnam era starlight scope. But anyway, so it's he's looking not fucking through it. It, Huge. That's why. <laughs> well, it's it's still quite big. But yeah. Anyway, so he, he's looking through this scope, and he it's clearly supposed to be like infrared. Um, but it's it's a weird yellow hue instead of green. This must be post production. Just whatever editing software they use. Well, it's I'll I'll come to this. But yeah. Um, and then he goes, can't see them with starlight. Gonna switch to thermal, which in nineteen eighty nine-90 was not possible. You can't see there was no optic available where you could swap from IR to thermal. But
0: Matt he's I mean, God,
1: he could do anything. He, true, he yeah, the, the, the power of the B. He wills um, it to be so. He does. So he, he flicks to thermal and he can see the 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 bad guys behind the wall, mm. um, which is not possible. <laughs> Thermal. i'll be honest now um, i didn't even think of that i just thought it was yeah,
0: cool you can't see, can
1: see the outline it's movie magic um, in, in working in it real time you yeah. can see the outline of these guys behind the wall um and he he fires the, the barrett and i'm thinking yeah that's great yeah yeah okay that's fine i can suspend my knowledge Relief. of how yeah, thermal exactly. works yeah yeah um if they've been, like, behind a, a thin wooden wall or, like, hiding behind a bush, then yes, totally. You could probably see them with thermal because um, it's heating. Maybe, <laughs> maybe they're just boiling up. Maybe they're just Maybe they are just really yeah. hot and it's a really cool evening. Yeah, um, maybe. Anyway, so he pulls the trigger and uh, downrange, what can only be described as, like, a, a 12-inch pizza-sized hole gets blasted through this yeah, wall.
0: It's fantastic.
1: And, you know, kills the guy behind it. <laughs> And it explodes, <laughs> yeah. and that's not what happens with 50 caliber rounds, unless it's even like 50 caliber incendiary doesn't do that. It doesn't explode like it's yeah, been hit like by you've a grenade or, or you've RPG. Battlefield. This is this is what
0: the 50 cal does. It's this is its reputation, like that it's got on screen. Like people expect
1: this. They do. It's OP. It's OP as hell. Oh, massively, and, yeah. You know the recoil on the thing. He, he hams it up a little bit with the recoil. And, yeah. Um, well, yeah so you know the next time we see bill paxton in that scene he's abselling from a crane <laughs> Yeah, and he just somehow gets on the chopper you never see him get yeah on. yeah it's just you just see him, just, you just see him like sat at the back he phases into the, into the into the chopper. but he has he has the single best line in the debrief scene where he goes yeah did you fire your weapon at the enemy he said i va- No, did you fire on I've hostiles got, got he says, if you want it i vaporized hostiles oh, so good yeah yeah <laughs>
0: You engaged hostiles. I vaporized hostiles. <laughs> it's just so fucking cool. It's the single best line in that scene. Um, you can imagine like Stallone or Schwarzenegger saying those lines. This is what I mean. Like, the, it feels like an eighties action film. Yeah. Oh god.
1: Yeah. There's there's lines in here. You can you can accept that the the Barrett's overpowered. It's okay. Yeah. But there's another bit with the Barrett. Oh no! Can we save it's... that? Because
0: it's my favorite scene.
1: Oh. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll discuss how like. Op is again at that point. Yeah. So I mean, I'll I'll come. I've got more, but you carry on. What what was yeah. one of your favourites from this week? So obviously, it, there's cult commandos
0: XM177s on screen for maybe like mm-hmm. a few minutes, um which is nice. Two seconds. A little, yeah, so yes, a little training sequence. Underused. Very much, yeah. Especially that they're on the poster, they're in promotional shots. They're yeah. just bare, not in the film really. Um, but no, they they have like a bit of pedigree with the seals. They used them in the Vietnam. Mm. Uh, you know, they used them all the way through the, to the 80s, 90s, before the M4 Carbine was adopted. Um, but I actually think the ones in the movie are, are US Air Force uh, GAU-5As because they don't have the forward assist, which was nice.
1: Oh, okay, yeah. I, I literally didn't manage to spot that because the clip is so short, the scene they're in. Well, yeah, I, Blink I, and you miss it. I paused it
0: and then went through frame by frame. Of course, that's what we do on this work. show.
1: We, we do... We 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 freeze frame to make sure that we're correct about the weapons. Yeah, exactly. You're never
0: sure. <laughs> um, and then I liked the the AKMs there at the end because it's always
1: nice to see AKMs. Almost every kind type of like AK variant pops up in that scene. There's even like yeah. this Chinese RPK clone, um, yeah, which that's, stands that's in nice. for the RPK. Which mm. is it? Is it Ramos that has that? I can't remember who has that. Uh,
0: I think it's Rexa at the end who has Rexa. That's it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then you um, obviously
1: the the MP5 SDS because they're iconic, aren't they? They are. It's the it's the classic Special Forces of the eighties, nineties, two thousands weapon. Built in MP5, silencer. SD3s, yeah, integrally suppressed, slim handguards, and we actually see them get reloaded, Rob. Yeah, it's nice. There's numerous on screen reloads, some good reloads, and not only are there reloads, but there's HK slaps as well.
0: Yeah, it's nice to see, it. and I and I like the the movie um silence the sound as well which is
1: nice uh, it's not bad it's not bad it's it, not bad it, i mean let's face it it gets the suppressor sound slightly better than it does like any reticle in this film <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> not only is is god's um thermal starlight scope uh pretty um up there with in terms of movie scopes and night vision trope
0: yeah um
1: but there's also that bit where they're on the submarine and the guy looks at the periscope and it's got like the worst it's a bit weird, periscope reticle ever. Yeah. It's just like a red line with with red like dashes coming <laughs> off it on like a like a green. It's like tinge. a graph from like a fucking math textbook. It's really weird. Yeah, it looks like there's you know there's gonna be like a a bar chart pop out of that. <laughs> yeah, I'm like I feel I felt like I was watching Working Lunch in like 1993 yeah, like, or something. God. <laughs>
0: for reference for our american listeners that was a business tv show that used to be on in lunchtime it was all about stocks and stuff like that and <laughs> business if you're off sick in the 90s or the early yeah. thousands when you, when that came on you knew there was no more top Cat there's no more CBBC yeah <laughs> you know Blue Pete is a long time coming when you see him. <laughs> <laughs> get, get him, lovely walk down memory lane there but um but the one thing I, I I went into some depth actually to find um what they all had on was at the end uh, the end mission they they choose not to go in and seal gear they they choose to blend into the the various factions that are fighting yeah in Beirut yeah. um mm. And I've called it Robbie's Random Military Roundup. Um, and whether I have a jingle for it or not... <laughs> well, depends well, on how much time he it has. Depends <laughs> how much time I've got to edit this. <laughs> Robbie's Random Military Roundup. That'll do. That'll do, right. So Michael Bien is decked out in Rhodesian bushstroke camo. Like, why? How? Where did he get it? No one
1: knows. He's an auteur um, of camo. Exactly.
0: Right, so <laughs> I just thought it was interesting... Like, where's he got a full set of Rhodesian camo from? Maybe it's from like the Navy SEALs, like R and D department or something. And then one of the guys has got MP40 magazine pouches
1: on. Yeah, what's he putting in that? <laughs> I'm like, what what's he fitting in there? There's absolutely no fucking way he's going to get an like, AK magazine. Ice poles. What's
0: he? It's not fit anything <laughs> else in there, you know. Um, and then one another thing, I think it's uh, Rex has got a ChiCom chess rig, and it is a ChiCom one. It's not a Russian hmm. one because it's got the uh, wooden tabs. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Yep. Uh, and then uh, I think, oh, is it? I think it's um, Leary. He's got a, a cheek on, SKS rig on. And the beans, That's even more random. Yeah. I'm like, You're not fitting anything in them because I know for a fact they don't fit anything other than SKS mags because I own one and you strips, cannot fit yeah, yeah. anything in them. It's such a misnomer that you can fit anything more in those pouch- in those rigs. Um, and then Sheen is wearing a desert DPM, British DPM trousers, or like an early version of, mm. which is just weird. And then he's wearing an Austrian fl- uh, flacton known as K4. And that's like even okay. weird. And a couple of guys have that on. And then I think one of the terrorists is wearing like the 8 pattern at one point.
1: Yeah, um, yeah.
0: And then there's some duck hunter camo that they're wearing. There's they've got M1 Garand belts as well. It's just such a lovely randomness to the military at the end. It's like it's so Navy good.
1: SEALs' own clothes day, isn't it? That's <laughs> yeah, what that's essentially what day. it is. It's Musty Day. <laughs>
0: <laughs> can we wear can we wear our own clothes, Sarge?
1: <laughs> yes. I, want, I really want to wear my new Austrian fleck on. I've <laughs> <Yeah>. acquired. <laughs>
0: it's like they've all gone on eBay and they're just comparing the good stuff they found. <laughs> It's Mr. Bende here at the Navy Seals. Where are we <laughs> going next? Yeah. but no, it, I th- it's weird but it
1: works in a way cuz cool. In... They all look cool. And yeah. I, what kind of like throws it for me in that bit is, you know, throughout the whole thing they've all been, you know, in their, their like midnight blue mm-hmm. um, like boiler suits, um low-bearing stuff and MP5s. And then they're just like they're, they're, they're trying to now. they're trying to fit in with yes. with the locals in and this? it's
0: not really explained properly either they just yeah. sort of turn up in different kit and it's like oh we'll blend in because there's so many different people here and i'm like but you'd have just you could have just gone in as navy seals it wouldn't have mattered for my early tally, that was that was pretty much it there
1: was quite a lot there she's got a uh remington 870 is his and shotgun which what he's does. itching to use That's and lovely. blows their blows their, their cover Blowing yeah. off the hinges to a door yeah in a in a scene which introduces the main antagonist, the main baddie um and and he pretends he's also a prisoner um, yes. and and Sheen quite rightly doesn't shoot him there and there he was
0: gonna, because he doesn't know any better
1: he, he was trying to yeah and it also would have you know ended the film about. Ooh, about an hour and 45 minutes early they <laughs> <Yeah>. um,
0: <laughs> we'll cut that middle section out thank god
1: <laughs> yeah that's very true we'll come to that um quick mention on the, the vehicles there's that mercedes yes. uh, w123 which is an absolute beast in that gateway which we'll talk about tremendously
0: <laughs> sure. product placement there just see how long it lingers on that merc badge <laughs> when they get in it's so
1: We'll like, talk obvious. about product placement. I'm sure. Oh God, yeah. This film is peak 90s product placement. <laughs> exactly, it really is. <laughs> um, but then I suppose the last thing we need to talk about is the stingers. Yeah, I mean, we've got to the, the the point, the whole point of the
0: film, pretty much, the stinger missile. Yeah.
1: One. So apparently, the the U.S. military and and you know intelligence community is extremely worried that um, a rogue rogue uh, element has gotten hold of some stinger missiles.
0: Um, so they're not, so they're not annoyed that, 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 that all the ones they sold to the mujahideen in the eighties are then used against them, like later on. <laughs> they're yeah, not annoyed well, about that, like that's that, that, Jolly and it's classified probably at the time. But like, yeah, probably yeah. You um,
1: know, so the the whole point of the film is they, you know, they just Charlie Sheen discovers that they, there's these stingers in the um in the store that they attack at the beginning mm-hmm. to rescue some pilots. My God, I'm I, I'm gonna have to explain the entire plot of the film at this, this right? Yeah. um. So the, the it's initial one of those slots. Mission... if you miss something out, it doesn't make any sense. The film opens with a helicopter <laughs> yeah. from a, a US Navy carrier, which is attending a tanker, which is on fire, and there's a smoke cloud. And out of the smoke cloud appears a, um enemy patrol boat with a mocked-up pair of douchkas on its bow, yeah. and it lights up the helicopter, shoots it down. The crew is picked up and held hostage, and the Navy SEALs go and rescue the helicopter crew. Um, yes. And during that rescue, they find out that the, um, the terrorists have acquired, somehow, a considerable number of Stinger missiles, manpower. Quite a few. Missiles. Yeah. Man-portable air defense systems, which are you know shoulder-fired, can shoot down helicopters, low-flying jets, etc. Um, but they're not actually Stingers. They're actually um, Fin 43 Red Eyes, which is the precursor to the Stinger. Uh-huh. Um, but they're called Stingers in the film. That doesn't roll off the tongue as nicely, does it? <laughs> no. So that's that's a little I mean they look mm. pretty much Yeah, I in, wouldn't in have profile known. in profile yeah. they look very similar, but well, you know they're quite different in, in capability.
0: It it does annoy me though in that final seat, the final chase sequence where they're trying to take out that BT. Is it mm-hmm. BTR four or something? The, the, the it's a BTR one five two, I think. That's it, yeah. Um
1: you don't I'm see that very often actually.
0: 152s. In that final section that They've got, they've taken one of these stingers away. And I thought they'd taken it away to prove that they'd found them. Like, I didn't think they were yeah, it. Yeah, that would make sense. Maybe they did. Yeah, yeah. I thought that's what they were doing. Um, and then obviously they get chased by this this half track thing. And I think it's uh, obviously Rex, because he's the explosives guy. He's being like, I've got to shoot this thing. How do you use it? And Charlie Sheen's like, Well, if you miss, we die. And I'm like, You'd know how to fire one of them things. You'd have looked it up. You'd have, you'd have. You know, you've had a briefing on them. Show you how dangerous they are. Show you what the capabilities of these things are. Because you yeah. get a sequence in the movie where they try to show the audience the effect of the stingers by showing a blown up um, uh, commercial flight that's trying to go mm. into Beirut yeah. to to sort of quell the. It's got like the, it's got negotiators on, hasn't it? That's it. Board. Yeah, like the the peacekeeping uh, mission. But it's such a blink and you'll miss it, or if you're not paying so much attention, you'll miss its Sequence where. Mm. The destructive power of these weapons isn't sort of conveyed as much, you know. It's not like they're not nuclear devices, they're not biological weapons. We're not at that point of action movies yet. So, we're no, not, we're, we're not at, at the rock th- yet where it's VX gas, we're not yeah. at the rock you know, sort of thing. We're not there yet. There's parts of this movie I was like, Is it that bad? <laughs> these
1: yeah, guys have I mean, got how it. many, how many stinkers are they going to have? Like 20? They're firing and forget once I've shot them, they're not going to get reloads, are they? No, no, not yeah, yeah, they're one time deals. Um Yeah. But yeah, no, you're right. they would have they would have been familiar as SEALs. They would have I'm sure they would have been familiar with how the the Stinger Mampads work. If they weren't, they probably would have been like briefed on it because they're about to do a mission which involves them. Mm. So they probably should have been told that. But it's just an it's a nitpicky, funny bit it's in the nitpicky. movie where he's like, "I'm trying to, I'm trying to figure out how to shoot yeah. it." You know? it is
0: funny how he's trying to set it up with the back of that Mercedes, and there just clearly isn't room. They should have played with that more. That could have been the funny thing.
1: Yeah, like he puts it out the window or something.
0: Yeah, or like you know, or like it's just too big and it's out both out of both windows or something. That would have been quite funny. Um, yeah,
1: yeah, that, that that's straight out of uh, Hot Shots right there. Yeah,
0: it does feel like very Hot Shotsy. But no, I think that's another reason why the movie's villains aren't as villainy as they could be but maybe we'll get back to that
1: well one last thing about the stingers um while it's theoretically possible you could fire a stinger at a ground target the range at which they do so i don't think the missile would have armed in (laughs) time for it to hit the btr i want a bit where
0: it just clunks off of it and falls on the floor i want to see that edit and then charlie Sheen does the classic collar pull oh
1: (laughs) it's you know suspend the the you know the disbelief the, yeah the, yeah the disbelief for a moment um
0: it did look well, really I don't,
1: good it did look good but i i don't think the stinger would have armed in time because literally like yeah.
0: 100 feet away <laughs> yeah exactly and there's one more thing i'll add before we we come off finally telling this week so everyone goes on about the the opening you know 10-15 minutes of saving private ryan where the when they're going through the water and the bullets are coming through, and everyone goes, "Oh wow, that's so, that's yeah, amazing! Yeah. That looks so good." Mm. This movie tries it eight years before, um and I'm not sure how they how they've done it. I think they've probably cut out or you know pasted two clips together of men Maybe. swimming and bullets going through water, but it does look quite good for 1990s. I'd love to know how the,
1: the the SFX team did it.
0: How they did that? Um, yeah, because it's it's impressive.
1: It's a, it is because the. They're swimming and the rounds are coming through. And then, then some guy like rocks up with an RPG-7 and, and fires that. <laughs> shoots it the
0: water. Yeah. And for
1: some reason that detonates Yeah, it doesn't
0: well. kill them or hurt them at all. They're perfectly no. fine. Concussion
1: yeah. is not a thing underwater. No, <laughs> it's not. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, it, Not in movies anyway. Yeah, that does uh, Yeah, it. no, that, that, is, that does look really good, actually.
0: But that was the alley tally this week. A very gun-heavy alley tally,
1: which I haven't had in a while. As you don't expect think. from a Special Forces movie. Yeah, yeah.
0: As we say, parts of this movie really feel like Who Dares Wins and, and that's yeah. part of it where it
1: got so many weapons on show. So, moving in to favourite scenes. Hello there. Sorry to interrupt. I wanted to let you know that you can now join our supporting cast over on Patreon. As thanks for your support, you'll be able to help us pick films, submit questions for guests, have first pick on brand new and exclusive merch and much more. Thank you for your support. Now back to the show. So Rob... What was your
0: favourite scene this week? Um, but as last week, I found it quite hard to pin something. But I like Bill Paxton's character. I think he's really yeah. he plays it really well. He's really sort of understated in it. He doesn't really have a lot to say. He doesn't have any b plot. He doesn't have any sort of. He does. He's not as well developed as Sheen or Bean's character. Um, he's sort of just there, um, but he's sort or of chief's you, character either. Your chief's character, yeah but he's sort of how I imagine like a seal sniper to be sort of like cool, understated, always there type guy. Um, but he reminded me of Barry Pepper's sniper character in, uh, same Project Ryan. All right. Just Cause mm. he gets a cool little sequences to shine and mm. his sniping's really important. And he's, he's just cool. There's something about him. It's just cool character. And obviously he gets the, you know, I vaporize line, which only yeah. I think Bill Paxton could deliver properly. Um, mm. There's just a certain way that rolls off the tongue. It's very Hudson-esque in that mm. bit, you know. Um, but there's a, the final sequence with uh, with uh, God in it, and uh, he hipfires a, a terrorist who's sneaking up on him. Um, he does. It's, it's, gets a drop on him, though, doesn't gets it? Gets a drop on him, yeah. And he just about manages to shoot him as he gets shot himself. Um, and you get the, the discharge of the barrack, and then you get him get the terrorist getting hit by and he must be on like a pulley system or something because he hits the wall and yeah. it's it's amazing if it was a gory film he'd have a hole a dinner plate hole in his chest yeah um yeah it's just proper over the top proper action movie stuff you imagine like rambo doing that to somebody or, or, or you know or or schwarzenegger doing it in a in commando but then there's a good little bit after and i like the dialogue in this sequence so BN's running up to try and save him. And he says, he falls in like to a hole in the floor and he's trying not to fall down. And the terrorist comes in and, and says, Oh, I've got company up here. The terrorist goes, You're American. And um, uh, BN tries to cover his face up a little bit. And he goes, God, come in, God. And the terrorist goes, Your God does not help you now. And then <laughs> God shoots the guy with his last like dying breath and he gets flung away because it's the Barrett hitting him again. It's just, just <laughs> a great little sequence. It's good snappy dialogue, and there's Barretts getting hit fired. I mean, I love it. It's so good.
1: Yeah, yeah. But it's probably, a good scene.
0: probably the yeah, uh, the, you know, the, the firearms historian in the room is probably going to have a big issue with that.
1: <laughs> no, no, it's it's okay. I mean, it's the same issue. The, the only problem with it is, like, the Barrett is shown as being this almost, like, incendiary explosive firing yeah, weapon I know. where it's... Take each out of walls and things. Yeah, and it explodes when it hits the guy, and that's there's like an effect. Whereas yeah. really, he would have just he just would have been very badly hurt. <laughs> very bad. It um,
0: would have made his eyes water for sure. <laughs> it, indeed, it
1: would. Um, Paxton gets that great, great line in the month, in the um, the debrief. He gets to abseil from a crane. Gets yeah. a cool death sequence. It just looks good, doesn't it? It's just good. He's great it? in this. So he, yeah. he's got. He's not good. You need more Paxton though. Let's put it you that do.
0: way. You could have had more of him, perhaps, but mm. I like how he's not used as much. He's always there for them. I quite like that. So yeah. that's sort all of camaraderie of it. I do, I do yeah. like that. Bit. Yeah.
1: Um,
0: but yeah, The very fifty very gets simple. used
1: again. It gets handed off to another member of the team, doesn't it? And mm. he he again uses it to punch through walls, which is
0: yeah.
1: And possible. he's untrained. It's... He's just shooting it, isn't he? So he's just well, using he's it. a SEAL. Yeah, I imagine he well, would have been yeah. familiar with it, um, perhaps, but not a specialist with it. But again, like. The 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 Barrett fifty caliber is an anti-material weapon. Using it to to, to suppress an enemy within a within a, a building through a brick wall, kind of plausible. All right, yeah. and, you know, that's, yeah, definitely. It looks good though. Like it on screen, it it's just it's just good. It it's just, just looks great. The noise the damn thing makes is just <laughs> <laughs> yes. okay. It literally is a cannon in, yeah, throughout the whole but film. You love it.
0: Just love to see it. It's just fantastic. It's good. It, it that you've got to keep that Barrett myth up for everyone. Come on like yeah you've got you got to let them have something so we got to let us film fans have something man i'm sorry i'm putting i'm putting your <laughs> professionalism to one side for this week and i'm saying just let us film fans have something but once please fine you can have it i'll give it please. a pass <laughs> you heard that here folks <laughs> military historian <laughs> today <laughs> let something slide that <laughs> So, Matt, what's your favourite scene after I've busted your balls about
1: that Barrett for so long? My favourite scene is the golf course montage complete with the shit cover of The Boys are Back in Town. By Bon Jovi. Yeah. Great. so it is. bad. That but whole apparently... sequence is so
0: irritating. Apparently... Bill Paxton took it upon himself to shoot that sequence because apparently the original script, it was them playing some sport or something. And he was like, it's just too reminiscent of Sopgun. So he yeah, he was like, What sport can I choose
1: that isn't is gonna be so weird? And <laughs> it's like golf. <laughs> yeah. So I I can appreciate the the nuance of the scene in that it's showing them as a team, they're bonding, they're you know, they're goofing oh, off, off steam. Yeah. They're blowing off steam um but my god does it go on for quite a while <laughs> yeah. um and it's just too much but no that is not my favorite scene my favorite scene is i actually um, thought it was oh no no it
0: really isn't um the amount of we're going to talk about the product placement the amount of product placement in that yeah. sequence is mad like oh my god oh got high and the
1: bit where charlie sheen like it's completely unnecessary but charlie sheen's car gets towed and he jumps on a like a push bike and cycles after it. Climbs yeah. onto the the back of the tow truck. So like a power ballad. <laughs> to, to, yeah, it, it's, it's it's so bizarre. unnecessary. It, that whole sequence does not need to be in the film. <laughs> no, it doesn't
0: because it's never mentioned me. again. It doesn't no, do exactly anything.
1: Yeah. So he gets in the car. He, he tends on the ramp, the ramp, and then he he does this cool bit where he drives off, and then he's reversing to get away from a truck that's oncoming. And then he does like a, a J turn. It, it,
0: it's almost like the film has to remind you how like actiony these guys, like the lives these guys lead. It's like yeah, that's they, what trying to do. You know,
1: they're Superman. they yeah, these guys. Well, like, are, and
0: I think uh, she, you're trying to show Sheen, Sheen is like Sheen's character is this sort of like adrenaline junkie, perhaps. That's absolutely what I get. yeah. So yeah.
1: you know, during my other favourite scene in the film, the wedding sequence, there's a bit where they're where they're travelling to the church with Chief who's getting married. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Um. So the film, the film begins, you introduce the team with uh, Charlie Sheen lying face down on a beach. Um, yeah, yeah, and the waves wake him up like, yeah. yeah. Um, and then we, we cut to a, a little beach house and um, Bean's talking to Chief. And he says, you sure you want to get married? And like, you know. And then there's, like, a yeah. car journey where, where Sheen's character is like, do you, do you sure you want to get married? You shouldn't get married. You, no, you don't want to get married. That's the worst possible thing it's you do. do. you sure you, you want to do this? And then he goes, no, nah, I'm going to bail on this. He's bailing on his, like, his best friend's wedding. And he literally leaps out of the car as they drive over a bridge. Oh, into a reservoir or something, is not it? Or a river. And, and jumps into a, into a river because you can see, like, <laughs> Norfolk Naval Base in the background. <laughs> yeah. Jumps into a river like a 300 feet drop but it it kind of looks like he belly lands it too it looks really <laughs> painful um and it's just it's just like okay we this so this character is like an adrenaline junkie um yeah. and also a dick um <laughs> a which is bit, which, mean, that yeah. is his character yeah, he yeah. Is, he's headstrong he's a dick he needs to learn the value well, not, of falling orders it's worse not only is he a dick to Chief by his wedding, he gets him fucking killed at the end. He does, he does. So you know as soon as you see Chief is going to get married to someone that he's... Chief's arc is painted within like the first 15 minutes of this film. His cards are marked from from the, the minute you see he's wearing a dicky bow and someone mentions wedding. Yeah. To be fair to the film, you, you, you get three quarters of the way through before it actually happens
0: yeah you've got um, enough
1: time to forget about it yeah for it to make again it's you. charlie sheen's headstrong character which i don't know how headstrong he would be being like second command of a seal team i suppose you at that to get to that position you should you know be able to work as a team yeah well i'm sure um, people get through the cracks but yeah but chief gets killed um Quite sad, quite a decent character, well acted. Mm. yeah, um, yeah, really good. Yeah. It's the thing, the cast aren't the issue, are
0: they? That's the whole thing we need no, no. come back
1: to. No. Mm.
0: We'll
1: talk more about that in a moment when we do final thoughts. But my favorite scene is the urban fighting at the end. Um yeah. I think it's good. Not not only is the scope of that sequence really quite impressive, like it's big.
0: Mm. You
1: get that you you get a feel that you're in Beirut. There's fighting mm. going on between factions. Um there's loads of great little sequences within that final act, which is basically the final mission to to destroy the stingers. Um, and in that urban fighting, you get lots of AK fire. Um, you get this really cool sequence where it's morning, and Charlie Sheen and I is it is it Ramos or the, the other the other anyway one of the other team members uh, are in the husk of a building, and above them a guy walks past, spots them, turns. And, you know, their disguises have worked, Rob, because he tends to them and, and speaks to them in, in Arabic. Yeah. Um, Probably saying, what, uh,
0: where'd you get that Rhodesian camo from, Mike?
1: Where'd you get that Austrian fleck arm from? That's super cool, man. Yeah. Um, it really sets off your shmega scarf. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But Charlie Sheen turns and shoots him, and he says, boring conversation. It's like the most unexpected Star Wars reference ever. Yeah. <laughs> Because yeah. it's because it, it's what Solo says when they're in the, the prison block and he shoots the console. Is. And it's like, even boring realize. conversation anyway. Yeah. Um, it's just like, oh, wow. Okay. They just, they just they managed to get a straight Star Wars quote referencing. Amazing. Someone
0: had five bucks on that, didn't they? See if they yeah. can get it through. I bet yeah. you that's
1: one of the scenes that Sheen
0: rewrote. It must be. Yeah. yeah. Him and Mike have been like, well, you know, how about I can get
1: this line in? But I really like the scope of that it looks like it's a, a you know a battle scarred city like there's a rubble city. everywhere where there's yeah there's fires, there's machine gun fire. There's at the beginning of the sequence you think wow this is a really empty empty city. And then you start seeing people moving around and mm. and gunfights in the background because there's warring factions.
0: it's Very layered doesn't have
1: to be but it's it is. layered. And it and it gives depth and mm. I think when they finally get to that uh the objective to destroy them in the building um it sets up the firefighters really well there's a there's a bit where they get pinned down and have to fight their way off and through
0: yeah
1: uh, there's a bit of pursuit and then i think the culmination of that act is the is the getaway chase with the mercedes and the btr and that yeah. works really well but i'm sure you'll you'll talk about it in final thoughts the end of the film doesn't quite pay off
0: yeah maybe in a, I, maybe we in a just...
1: cohesive satisfying way
0: yeah so i'll run a little break jingle And uh, we'll get back to final thoughts. Hello, I'm Al Murray, and you're listening to Fighting on Film, the world's number one war film podcast. So as Matt was saying there, yeah, I I think this is my problem with the whole movie is it's a movie of three acts and the middle act is weak. So where they introduce Claire Varens, uh, the the journalist character. Yeah, we haven't talked about her yet. No, I'm going to quickly go through it, because as important as the movie sets her up to be, you don't really mm. feel like her contribution is worth It's sort of a half an hour sequence in the middle where they're trying to yeah. convince her to because she is siding against the American government because she's she's Lebanese and they don't know if she's going to if she knows something that, 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 you know, she shouldn't or if she's going to help them. And then you've got this whole sequence with uh, Curran trying to convince her to help them. And it's yeah. a bit convoluted. It feels as well that they're going to maybe force in some sort of love interest. It just doesn't go anywhere. That It just runs out of steam. And it, it chokes up a lot of that middle bit of the movie where you think, we don't need this. I'd much rather have had, and this is my main issue with the film, that the enemies are just weak. They're just weakly presented. You never really feel like them having these missiles is it's going to be that bad. Like, I'm like, well, yes, oh, horrific. They've shot down a commercial airline. They could do that 19 times. Yeah. But at the end, I'm like, do we need to send a SEAL team in to deal with this? Can we not just bomb them? Or come? Not... It's not a doomsday scenario, is it's, it? Yeah, exactly. That's... There's not enough tension there. There's not enough. There's not enough at stake. as what I felt. And so he just isn't, he's, there's a little interview that, that Varens does with him. And it's like, oh, if Americans kill our people, we will kill Americans. And that's about as much backstory as you get from this fella. Yeah. And I'm like, we just need more. Like, it's not like in Commando where it's like an ex-mercenary turned bad. It's not, you know, it's not even like in The Rock where it's, it's his motor. He's got motivation. You never really get anything more than that. Yeah.
1: It, oh, it just It's just weak. With the two-hour runtime, you would kind of expect there to be more building of that motivation.
0: Mm, yeah. I just want them to feel like he's more of an enemy. And then the the way that they kill him at the end is just very sort of... It's just wishy washy. Like, so they chase the SEAL team into the water because Bien gets uh, injured and they're trying to get him extracted before he bleeds out. Yeah, and they chase them on this little boat and they're swimming. And the guys pop out of the water and they blow the boat up. And me and Matt were thinking, why are you blowing the boat up? You could use yeah. that to swim to, to drop to, you know, get away, sail to the the submarine or whatever for the extraction. Mm. And then Sheen grabs saeed off of the boat and he drowns him. And then he slits his throat. Mm. Um, and in that sequence, you see that it's a rubber knife and it doesn't even do anything. <laughs> and he puts his nut, the knife up to his neck. A little bit more editing would have helped there. But it's just a weak ending. Because once they're in the water, there's not much else you can do. And I thought they were going to take Saeed back to sort of, you know, stand trial for his crimes. Yeah, he shot that plane down. Shot that plane down, yeah. And he shot yeah. that. He also, on his orders, shot the, the helicopter down at the start. And it's just not good enough for me
1: yeah yeah i i agree i agree that the redemption of sheen's character from being a dick and getting chief killed is that he goes back and saves uh um bean's character mm. um but the problem with it is there's no there's no culmination for bean's character um no because bean's the main character because he interacts yes. with the most people throughout the yes, film yes he is yeah um but it's Sheen that has seen Saeed. Yep. The, the the antagonist. He's the one that's had the encounter with him. Um and so he only he really in the Hollywood scheme of things can be the one that takes him on and, and kills yeah, him. Yeah, of course, but it's not done well enough. No, I mean no. Str- the the way they introduce the drowning sequence is that when they're introducing his character to the journalist he's in a dive tank that's and it yeah he and and bean's character says um he's a, a uh, he's a fish yeah he's um, part of frog or something they say yeah part fish i think he says yeah part of fish um, yeah and that's how th- that is introduced that he can hold his breath for you know a, a very a, long time. time yeah and and th- and that's what gives him the edge in that fight with uh with the the antagonist Mm. um but it just it doesn't have the weight that you want from that ending i don't know whether it's because it's after such a good urban combat sequence and escape
0: mm. cuz that's a
1: really really well shot really well directed really well uh, staged piece yeah. and then you get like three guys weighed into some water and then a boat appears mm. and they get pulled into being pulled off the boat and, and killed and the grenade blows up the boat um, Yeah, right yeah you are right it's a shame because
0: all those good action sequences are sort of marred by the weak plot really mm. and you know i've written down in my notes i mean it's not we don't on the whole movie but i think this would have worked better if it had been a vietnam film about maybe like the first seal team you could have yeah. shown them having that sort of
1: they've They've captured a shipment of American brand-new red-eye Yeah, Yeah, make, make something up. And they're going to give them to the Russians to copy. So they need to get them back quick, you know?
0: You, know, you can still have all the same characters, all the same tropes. It would yeah. just be stronger because the enemy would be better established, and you're setting yeah. it in a conflict that is already ongoing. I think the reason this movie doesn't work, perhaps is That obviously I know there's tension in the Middle East in Beirut at that time, but it's not as powerful as we've just had the 80s. We can say it's the Russians, and everyone knows who that enemy is. We, we you know we don't we haven't had the Gulf War hasn't happened at this point. We can't have it's not the Iraqis or the Saddam Hussein. It's not, we're not at that point in time yet. This movie's in a really weird year, couple of years where it looks like the Soviet Union's going to crumble.
1: The West hasn't got a new enemy yet. I mean, it it was shot in 1989, so they could have done Russians, but
0: it wouldn't have worked
1: because that isn't what the plot is. The plot no, is the exactly. uh, terrorist organization,
0: mm. etc. Obviously, yeah, terrorism it's... exists in the, ni- the 80s and 90s. It does, of course, it does. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But it it just they don't they don't get it over the line properly for you for mm. me as a viewer to have cared enough about the, what's at stake. Whereas in Who Dares Wins. Yes, I 100% care because there's thermonuclear destruction at stake. There is, yeah, with the Holy Lock. But, but then saying that, I'd still recommend people watching it because it a, it's a fun 90s action with a lot of good good actors in it um, who are sort of in their prime, really, um, at yeah. the time.
1: Yeah, although this isn't a film that defines either no, Sheen or Bean. not at all. Obviously. Not
0: at all, but if you want to mm. watch them... Out of context of films that they're probably even better known for. This is one I'd probably seek out. And yeah. it's worth it just for the for those action sequences because they are
1: very well done. It was better than I remembered it was, uh right. that's for sure. Um it hits all those classic special forces, touch points, tropes. Mm-hmm. You know, you got the training montage, the kill house, mission planning with a model, the halo jump, which is beautifully shot actually. Good.
0: Yeah, it's good. Um, Not quite wild really-
1: geese, but it's good military funeral for chief um yeah it is another one of those touch points for these type of films but you know it's it's a well shot film decent mm. cast as you say but i just can't put my finger on it what holds is it the back problem and yeah and what has been the, the the stumbling point for it not to blow up as a, as a yeah i still a can't fathom my audience i suppose i it. suppose when you consider it neither Sheen nor being where actually a-list lead men
0: not really though she, sheen's always been a, more of an ensemble because even the major
1: league films where he's i mean main guy, obviously was not... with terminator and aliens but in both of those films he's kind of overshadowed by a strong female character yeah but in their part of um, the ensemble as well like it, yeah. it's mm. especially with aliens absolutely yeah um so I think you're onto something there, perhaps. Maybe maybe that's part of the the thing that there wasn't enough star draw. But then um, Young Guns was was a
0: was a, an ensemble with with people like this in it, like Sheen and Emilio Estevez, and that and that was a hit It's yeah, a western, yeah. a completely different genre. But it, it's comparative sort of ensemble cast there. No, I think you're right. I think you think you're right. we know
1: it could have been a publicity. Um, could have been. You know, fail you know they, they might not have it might not have, have have landed with with audiences as well as it could have done but i think there's the the main action sequences that final act the urban fighting really good some yeah. of the best 90s you know firefight sequences uh, it's up there i think it's out there there's just something that holds it back a little bit for me
0: i think you're right and i think we'll probably leave it there um if you have your own thoughts on why you think the movie failed let us know on our socials Definitely.
1: do let us know yeah.
0: you can follow us on twitter at fighting on film you can find us on facebook and you can find us on tiktok now uh just search fighting on
1: film i'll be putting up some clips we're so down with the kids on this show yeah
0: we're getting there aren't we um word what's up to your bad self all your youngsters out there um- <laughs> Wow, rob check yourself before you wreck yourself oh <laughs> We're making ourselves even sound even
1: older with all these 90s references jesus christ We're, we are actually also on instagram as well then anyway thank you so much for listening as always please do go and check out our website at uh, fightingonfilm.com check out our back catalog who knows you might have a binge. as always guys thanks for listening catch you next week bye everyone